Alright, how we doing everybody? It is 2-7-20. I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Dustin Fowler is here for a midweek college basketball breakdown. We're going to talk bracketology, both local squads, and who the top four teams are right now. We also have an in-depth breakdown of the NBA trade deadline. Then I'm joined by Lexi Browning and Candace Clark for Bachelor Red Talk, the second one of the week. Before we get into it, our show is brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. Saturday is my birthday. Please come out to O'Shea's Irish Pub, 956 Baxter Avenue, to celebrate with my friends and family. There's nowhere I would rather spend my birthday than O'Shea's. All right, let's get it going. All right, Dustin, it's been a while. Let's talk some college hoops. We'll start with the cards. It was a classic letdown spot last night that looked like it was going to be exactly that. Louisville, first place in the ACC, matching up with Wake Forest, last place in the ACC. Cards fair by 15.5, biggest spread of their conference season so far. Down 12 at half, but a 22-point margin in the second half. Cards win by 10. Were you impressed with UofL's comeback over the drastically inferior Wake Forest? I was impressed. At no point in the first half did I feel like they were actually going to lose, yeah. lose the game. I mean, Wake Forest was hitting everything. It did look like the cards were a little lethargic. Just contested threes from Wake. It felt like it was their night. But even as you say that, the second half spread on the game was UofL by 12 and a half. Yeah. So Vegas expected us to win by one. And literally with 15 minutes left in half tied. number two, it was yeah. tied. Yeah. Also, the way they came back, it looked like you could tell like Chris Mack got them at half. And the way they were guarding, guarding the ball, pressuring the ball. Felt like that sparked a rally. Usually you might get a couple made shots that can spark a rally, but the way they the way they came back through defense, steals, turnovers felt felt like it was important. It was. It was very impressive in exactly what you said. Mac clearly flipped something at halftime. I don't know what it was, but it was a completely different Louisville team in the second half. And I didn't think the first half was that bad. I tell you what, if Louisville comes out and plays like this on Saturday against Virginia, they'll kill them. Oh, they will kill kill Virginia because like that. Virginia last night, I mean, I teased their over under down. They played Clemson yeah. to 100. To 100. I'm looking at over 100. 52-44. This, yeah, that team has um, got some offensive woes, to say the least. And Clemson does, too. So I don't know what I was thinking. I just saw the 100 on there, and I was like, oh, come on, even if it's Virginia. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was Wake Forest's best shot, I'd say. And Louisville withstood it pretty well. And it, it's just a lot of different guys each night, and that's what's been impressive to me about the Louisville team. They can afford bad nights from literally up to three guys and still win a game. And last night it was kind of about Kimball, McMahon, Wara, Sutton. But those names are just interchangeable. It, it had been about Perry and David Johnson the few games before that. But McMahon and Kimball have really turned it on. I, I've been really impressed. The depth and versatility has kind of revived itself since that Florida State loss. Yeah, I feel like Chris Mack is figuring out rotations a lot better. He's got yeah. a more of a feel. I mean, I, they, even like the big guys interchanging, he just feels like he has a feel for when to bring in Williams, when to bring in Enoch. I think the guard, the, with his depth of guard, I mean, he gets the most out of McMahon where he wasn't. It. If you're playing McMahon 32 minutes at this level like he was at the beginning of the year. It's going to kill you. It's gonna, it's, his flaws are going to be just exposed. At least on some nights. Yeah, where if you play him interchangeably, you get it. You get every, all of his strength. Yeah. It brings so much pressure to the defense. Totally agree. And I 
think a lot of the credit goes to the players too because you have guys like Darius Perry yeah. and, and it's just like I, I don't know how Darius is going to deal with playing 32 minutes this game and four minutes the yeah. next game but it seems like he's dealing with it pretty well he he wasn't great last night but he is like up on the bench coaching the team like he's Chris Mack it's actually hard it kind of takes my attention away from the game if I'm sitting there because I'm just watching Darius on the sidelines but Kimball was fantastic last night I wish he'd make his free throws but he hit some really big threes he's kind of finding that Christian Cunningham role, which yeah. we kind of really you want can, him you to can you can tell his experience is coming up big lately. Yeah. It is, yeah. And McMahon, it's just night and day. The last two games, what they've gotten from him, he oh. is, has been so much better with the ball in his hands. He hasn't taken any bad shots, and when he shoots a three, it's just like you know how the movie ends. Like yeah. if he's wide open and he's in rhythm, it's going down. And Wara just is so much more involved. It feels like he just is cutting harder without the ball. That block yesterday was yes, great. yeah. You would never see that last year. And yeah. he's talking to him about it too. Like, what are you thinking about U of L overall at this moment? Like they're they're ceiling. You know, you're seeing a lot of other college basketball teams not really come together. Not nobody's looking great. And I kind of feel like Louisville's looking great. Yeah, I would. I think they're one of the better teams in the country right now and going forward. I, th- I mean, I think their ceiling is unlimited, to be honest. I agree, and this is kind of the year to strike. I, I saw a Jay Scrub video go across my TL today, and he has a sweet left-handed dunk. Rutherford tweeted it. Everybody should go check it out. It, it's something to get excited about. But Wara, Enoch, Sutton, McMahon, Kimball, all those guys are gone going yeah. into next year. And Louisville's still in a spot to be really good, but this is the year to strike. Like next year, I think they are going to be worse than they are this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Third depth this year compared to all other teams across the country is just, just not close. Night and day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really doesn't hurt them when they go to the bench, which is definitely different for Louisville. But I don't, we'll see how it goes. It's a big stretch coming up for the Cards. Virginia is Louisville's kryptonite in every sense. So we'll get to it in a second. But this weekend, we do get a look at that pre-bracket they release on CBS where it literally shows you where your team would be if the season ended today. So it's, it's a true bracket, and you really are going to get a feel for where the committee values all of these teams. And pretty much everywhere I look has Louisville as a two-seed right now. Do you think that's correct? I think that's about right. I think that obviously their ceiling can one-seed. You got, I'm sure they have Kansas ahead of them. They got a pretty decently tough schedule coming forward yep, same thing with Baylor yeah yeah so I think yeah I think that's about right but I wouldn't be surprised to see them move to that one yeah I think they have a chance at it they just have a lot more opportunity for failure you're not going to see that one seed come out of the SEC you're not going to see it come out of the Big Ten because those teams just beat up on each yeah. other but you are probably going to see Gonzaga and San Diego State on that one line locked in yeah yeah it's hard to see I mean maybe San Diego State drops one but they still might get a one seed. Yeah. I, they probably should. I could not believe when I was studying. Maybe this is my fault. I'm not listening or watching enough, but they're 23 and 0. They are. They have not lost. They yeah. have not lost a they game. They have looked uh, quite convincing. And Gonzaga has a big game this weekend against St. Mary's. And those two teams are in a situation where if they lose one game, they might be a two seed. And if they lose two games, they're definitely going to be a two or a three seed. So it'll be interesting to see. But those two teams absolutely control their own destiny, leaving two one spots. But the big thing for the Cards is. You want to get a two seed or a one seed, not a three seed. It's just a huge difference when it comes to that first weekend. Three seeds get eliminated by sixes all the time. And yeah. I feel like you mostly see ones and twos advance. Yeah. yeah. Florida, let's talk about your squad. They were, what, like top 10 title odds to start the year? Hasn't exactly gone that way. Some close losses, some not so close losses, but Vegas still believes in this team. Giant lines for Florida every single night. They were favored over Baylor, number one team in the country, a weekend ago. 
weren't able to win that. The LSU game was wild, down like 11, and might have got it off, might not have got it off with .5 seconds left on the clock. But right now, clinging to an 11, they survived Georgia last night. You're looking at the TV, you're like, oh my God, Florida's down 20, that's their season. But they come back and win. Uh, do you think the Gators can get back to what they were last year? I think they can. They they just, I mean, they have some decent depth, and they're they're well coached, obviously, with Mike White. But they just, they're, they're so, probably the most inconsistent team I think I've ever watched. Yeah. And, I mean, when they look good, they can beat anybody. And when they look bad, they can lose to Utah State. It just Yeah. LSU lost to Utah State, too. Tough, so, tough yeah, team. Don't worry. Yeah, Utah State, not a bad squad. <laughs> but And they were beating San Diego State at halftime Saturday. Yeah. Kind of yeah. slept on. I think they ended up losing by 12. Yeah, they did. But, yeah, Florida last year was very underwhelming at times. And then when yeah. the SEC tournament started and when the NCAA tournament started, they were playing their best basketball, and that's why you saw them make a little run in both tournaments. And I think that you could see that again. But the biggest thing for them is getting there. Florida's going to be one of those teams that, with their resume so far, they're going to be underseeded for their talent. Yeah, for sure. That's one of those teams, if you're a sixth seed and you have a pretty good year, you'd hate to see Florida as your 11. And I think that's a good place to be. It's like that Kentucky team in 2014. You just got to get in. Yeah, Once you're in, yeah. you never know. Nimhart's still there. It makes a huge difference. He's so patient with the ball and just sets up everything so well. So you never want to see him no. across the sideline. I, I know I don't as an LSU guy. And Blackshear just... He, he seems a little vulnerable defensively. Like, you know he has offensive moves. He's just not super athletic. Yeah, he, he seems like he starts the game with two fouls. He's in foul yeah. trouble every single game just because he's, yeah, he doesn't have that athleticism. It would have been really interesting to see him go to UK because it's just like, does UK even have minutes for him with the way Richards is playing and with how they play really fast and they're small and they have that length? And I think that they have more so opted for that smaller four. You saw EJ Montgomery have some success the other night, but it would be a weird fit. I think he picked the right school in Florida. It just hasn't worked out the right way so far. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Richards has been tough. The Cats have a nice win at home against Mississippi State. Really low spread on that to be favored by six at home against – I was expecting nine or ten, and they barely covered it. Mississippi State, I guess, is pretty good. They're back fringe bubble, probably not getting in. But when you look at the Cats – in the cards right now, who do you think is primed to go farther? So I actually think it's a lot closer than people think. I think I UK too. is one of the more underrated teams in the country. I would have to lean the cards just because of their depth. Um, foul trouble would not hurt them at all. If you get Richards two fouls in the first half, it could be a problem. Yes. Um, so I would lean the cards just with their depth. But this Kentucky team could could do some damage. They could, and they're going to be a team that's probably going to be underseeded too based on the resume that they've given us. But Maxi is playing his best basketball right now. That Auburn game, that three he hit at the end of the first half, there's not a lot of guys that can do that. And he's so creative off the dribble and just so smooth. He reminds me a lot of Malik Monk, and I think he might be even a little better than Malik Monk right now than Malik Monk was in college at least. So... I don't know. I really like what UK is putting together, and they're just one of these teams that the losses right now just aren't that big of a deal. You don't want to play them in March. No, certainly not. Not with that guard play. Definitely not. And that Auburn game, everything went wrong for him. Hagens was taken out of it with foul trouble, and it'll just be interesting to see how they handle the next two Saturdays because they're going to have to go to Tennessee and then to LSU on back-to-back Saturdays. Tennessee's not as good as LSU, but that's a tough little stretch, and they they're Saturday prime road games. They just don't stop. Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot about them going forward. Yeah, definitely. I I hope that LSU can get that win for me, but my teams just don't seem to ever want to beat Kentucky in basketball. But Louisville, Virginia this weekend, what do you think the line's going to be? I think it's going to be close to 10. I would say 9. 10. Right, so let's see, 15 and a half first break for I think that 
we're going to be favored by six and a half. And and that feels low. It just feels like it's going to be like a Kentucky Mississippi State style spread. Like, yeah. I, but I just don't know. I, I mean, mean, it'll be a low total, but I. Virginia offensively just has so many issues. They just don't have one guy on their team that scares you at all. No, no. Not offensively, yeah. No. I don't know if I've ever seen a national championship fall out in terms of talent. UK, they won the title. They went to the NIT the next year. But if Nerlens Noel doesn't break his leg, that doesn't happen. And he still gets drafted high. They had talent, at least. This Virginia team has nothing. They, they run their offense through Diakite and Huff. It's never good. And, and those were their, you know, if they're on the floor last year, those are their fifth best offensive it, options. Probably less than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And then Diakite hits that shot with me in the house at the Yum Center against Purdue. I'll never forget it. Virginia has luck in the Yum Center on their side. <laughs> they got every break in every game that they played last year in the NCAA tournament and every break that they've ever possibly been able to have at the Yum Center outside of one Mango Mathiang jumper. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. My confidence level against Virginia is never great, but if we're ever going to beat them, it's Saturday, February 8th, on my birthday, at home. It sure is. I mean, national champs, it feels like a huge game for U of L, and that's weird because of saying how bad Virginia is, but just with how dominant Virginia's been in the series, it feels like a great opportunity for Louisville to kind of set their stamp here. Yeah, to like really be able to look yourself in the mirror. Like, we are different this year. They are definitely different. They know that. Their fans know that. But... If Louisville loses this game, it, they're on a nine-game winning streak right now. That's awesome. But if they lose this game, it just feels like a lot of that progress may immediately feel gone to fans. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully the cards can bring it. It's my birthday, so I'd expect them to. Uh, Cats going to Tennessee this weekend. I have not watched Tennessee this year as much as I'd like to. I just don't feel like they've had a bunch of primetime games. LSU played at Tennessee, watched all of it. They battled. It was really close. LSU pulled away at the end. What do you think the line is there? I think the line will be around five there in that one. Cats by five? Yeah. It seems about right. And the Cats have been on the other side of these road spreads recently. Texas Tech losing to Auburn. Underdogs in both. I do think that you see it flip. I I think it's probably around three and a half, four. But I like the Cats there. And uh, that Auburn game, it it feels like it was an anomaly. I don't know what to think about Auburn. But another thing, look at this. Auburn's 20-2. and I know their schedule's not great, but that's crazy. Yeah, their their home court. That game against UK was – that was crazy crazy i didn't know their home court could get that good atmosphere's rowdy and we're going to get to the bachelor here in a little bit but madison on the bachelor her dad is an assistant coach at auburn and he looks like he's 19 over there check him out he's over there next to bruce pearl sitting down and he looks like me coaching the game it's insane like 19 year old coach who's madison's dad from the bachelor so you have to think that's going to work in auburn's favor that LSU lost to Vanderbilt last night. LSU 8-0 in conference. They lose to the last place Vanderbilt Commodores, and they let them score 99. That one hurt. But the Cats, like, without that, their room for error would have been really, really slim. Because you're looking at being down two games to LSU with, I mean, it's crazy. The college basketball season's kind of flying by. We have less than a month left of the regular season. So the Cats' margin for error is not big. They kind of need to win out if they're going to win the SEC regular season. At least I think so. Yeah, yeah, they got some. Yeah, they pretty favorable schedule though coming up. They know they yeah. have to play Tennessee, Florida twice, but yeah, and Florida can beat UK maybe at home. If you get that, if Florida beats UK at home and LSU beats UK at home, which you'd think our teams are probably favored in those games, I feel like that's that's it for Kentucky yeah, winning think, the SEC title, yeah. and that probably immediately sets them on the four line. I think at best, you know, I mean, I don't think that matters too much for Kentucky, but I do think it probably sets us up for an epic Sweet 16 matchup between a one seed and a highly underseeded Kentucky team. 
Major games this weekend. We have Gonzaga going to St. Mary's. Those are the two best teams in their conference. St. Mary's is very underrated, good team. And then we have Duke going to North Carolina. Cole Anthony's back. Michigan State at Michigan. Who has the best shot at pulling off an upset of the three games I listed? Feels to me like Michigan Michigan State has the best shot to lose. I feel like both those teams are just not very good. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I don't think Michigan State's that good. The Big Ten's crazy. Yeah. I think they're all kind of jumbled together. Michigan being 13-9 and nine is nuts. That felt like an awesome win. And the atmosphere at the Yum Center when Louisville played them was like, we're playing a top five team. And yeah. at the end of the year, they may not be in the tournament. <laughs> they have, yeah, they have slid to yeah. say the least. And Cassius Winston's still the man. Michigan State still has like all their good players from last year. I can't really pinpoint why they're losing, but they're just playing some tough teams. And Penn State's decent. They're ranked, and Michigan State lost to them at home the other night. But I just feel like if you lose at home in the Big Ten, it's a huge red flag because nobody does. Yeah, I think yeah. Rutgers is a good ball club. Rutgers, every game they play at home, they win. Every game they play <laughs> the on the road, rack. they lose. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. So. I'm with you. I think Michigan can win, but North Carolina, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in that rivalry, and Duke doesn't scare me too much. They looked okay at Boston College the other night, I guess, but if North Carolina's ever going to bring it, ever going to show up and play hard, it's Saturday. So, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of these home teams won. I, I do think St. Mary's has what it takes, too. I think that St. Mary's is the best game. I, the way the way they slow the game down and shoot could give some, the Zags some problems. I, that's always a pretty good game. And it's weird to say, but that is so true. I seriously think that late night tilt, Gonzaga at St. Mary's, is the best basketball game to watch on Saturday. On a Saturday with a lot of really good games. They, they kind of have each other's number. It's always that WCC championship game where it's St. Mary's against Gonzaga. St. Mary's is not going to be afraid of them. Give me four teams right now that you like the most. Uh, Baylor. Yeah. The most. Uh, kind of my one for sure. See, I feel like Baylor is great. They're so tough defensively, so athletic, so versatile. But it wouldn't surprise me if they lost three games in a row any yeah, week. Yeah, it's just college basketball yeah. this year. It's crazy. I would go Louisville, too. Yeah. Kansas would probably be my third, and then I would probably put UK fourth. Okay, UK fourth. I, I do think they're right now. Yeah, drastic jump, drastic jump in the rankings, the AP poll to Dustin Fowler's poll. I have Louisville, obviously, and then Gonzaga, and then San Diego State again. Twenty three and zero. I have to put them in there. Let's talk about what they've done. They've beaten Creighton, Iowa at BYU, and Utah State twice. That's kind of like better than what I thought their resume would be at at being San Diego State, being 23-0. But I just don't know what to think about them. But I do know they're going to be a one seed if they win the rest of their games. Dayton kind of slept on. 20-2, and Obi Toppin. They've won 11 straight. This is a weird year. It's, it's a weird year in college basketball. Nobody feels dominant. And I think this could be a year where you see smaller conference dominant teams really kind of dominate an NCAA tournament too. It, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a really weird Final Four without maybe one or two Power 5 conference teams. Yeah, not many years do you see, what is it, three mid-majors in the top seven, I yeah. think, right now? And they all seem legit. Yeah, yeah. But, I just, yeah, just me personally, I would go with those four. But no, those mid-majors, I wouldn't sleep on them for it sure. It seems fair, and we've done this dance before. It seems like it constantly happens. You see one of these teams, they're, they're out of nowhere, they're a one or a two from a small conference, and they're out the first weekend or the second weekend. And you're like, oh, well, why didn't I see that coming? And these guys have all five stars, and these guys have all guys from the state that the school's in. But I don't know. I've been impressed with them so far, especially Dayton. Like, Maui feels like it was forever ago, but they're way better than what they were then. And even at that moment, they were really impressive. So I, I actually like Dayton a little bit more than I like 
San Diego State, maybe even Gonzaga, but Gonzaga's tough. Gonzaga's got six guys that are going to get double digits on you, and I, I just can't wait to watch them this weekend, and I can't wait to see these teams play some meaningful basketball again. It's it's so, you know, Dayton just under the radar has won 11 straight and hasn't had one game on a major network, it feels like. Uh, let's talk a little NBA trade deadline. I want, I want to know your thoughts on some of these moves. So the major one today, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Louisville native, went to Central High School for a couple years. He is now a Timberwolf. This is the fourth team in five seasons for D'Angelo Russell. And Andrew Wiggins heads back to Golden State. So your thoughts on that move for each team? <laughs> I mean, it's two bottom feeders. I think yeah. D'Lo could help uh, that offense. And him and Towns are friends. Tremendously, yeah. yeah. They're pick and roll. I mean, I think he's a big addition to that offense. Yeah. Um, Wiggins to the Warriors, maybe a different feel. I mean, Wiggins is kind of – he's kind of been – it's kind of unfair to, you know what I mean, call him out, but just because he's had so much turmoil, so many coaches, it feels yeah. like or that organization is just in the dumps. So it, I, maybe a change of scenery could actually uh, motivate him and change the way he plays. I agree, and he started out this year really good. Fantastic. A lot of people were saying yeah. that they were wrong about Andrew Wiggins, and, and that kind of fell off because, real stat here, the Timberwolves have now lost 13 games in a row, which is a ton of games to lose in a row, especially when there are so many bad teams in the NBA, and you know they've played some of them. And last night they played the Hawks for the 13th loss in a row. Towns is really pissed. They did that slam basketball cover over the summer. D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, Towns, and they all said, you know, we're going to play together one day. And, and I mean, that's two of the three. I, I, I don't hate the move for either team because I could see Andrew Wiggins kind of sliding into that Harrison Barnes role. The Warriors are bad. They lose, like, every single night. But they're going to get Steph Curry, Clay Thompson back next year. They're going to have Andrew Wiggins, and they're also going to have a pick that could be in the top three because they are that bad. Not to mention, Draymond Green is also on their team. So yeah. they're in a much better spot than literally probably 90% of the league, and it's weird to say because they're so far down there, but Pascal is pretty decent too. So I, I don't know. I, I love this move for the Warriors because Russell just didn't fit with those guys. That team with D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry at two guards would have been so bad defensively. And now you look at Curry, Thompson, Green, Wiggins, that's a really, really good defensive team. And offensively, you still have the Splash Brothers. So I, I like that move for both teams. They needed to do something. I mean, Carl Towns cannot stop like trash-talking in the media about how bad his team is every night. Something had to change in Minnesota. I guess this is it. It'll be interesting to see if they can string together three wins at any point this year with those two guys. <laughs> you would think they would be able to. I mean, they started out the year. I mean, they were decent. Yeah. There's the that meme of the the uh, the official Twitter page where they said the Wolves are going to be bad, bad this year yeah. in the SpongeBob, and, and everybody and keeps <laughs> quoting it like the Wolves have now lost eleven in a row. The <laughs> yeah. Wolves have now Since lost thirteen. In a row. Yes, it's such a tough scene, but. uh Iguodala, it, that whole situation was weird. You had John Morant and Steph Curry going back and forth with each other on social media. And John Morant saying all these rings are because of Kevin Durant. It, Steph Curry saying Iguodala plays for champions and champions only. Not sure that that's a Miami Heat, but that's where he's headed. Do you think with Jimmy Butler as your best player that you can win a championship? That's a good question. Because that's I, how I feel about this Heat move. Depending on what's around you, I think – Potentially, yes, but not with this team. I mean, yeah. there's, I don't think this team is going to do it. I actually personally don't think Andre Iguodala is worth as much as everyone else does. No, not right now. And, you know, last year, that game two of the finals, where I think the Warriors won, he was really good. But, like, they played him so much, and he looked so dead defensively. Like, I don't know. I, I thought it was a weird move, but Justice Winslow was barely playing for them. Like, 
constantly I'm watching them like this guy can't get minutes. They have that Duncan Robinson dude who's like the best catch and shoot guy in the league. Harrow, who's probably top 15 in that category. So they can just do a lot of different stuff with their lineup, and Justice Winslow didn't fit. But I don't know how well Iguodala fits in that either. Yeah, I agree, especially with all that young talent. I mean, he might be able to help them, but yeah. That's been Nigadala's whole thing. I want to be traded to a contender. I want to be traded to a con- And I guess they are that by definition if they're a top four team in their conference. But I was just expecting Clippers or Lakers the entire time. And you see yeah. Heat and you're like, wow. But uh, the Clippers made some noise today. They get Marcus Morris. And that was kind of the big thing. Like who's going to get Marcus Morris between the Lakers and the Clippers? But the Lakers wouldn't give up Kuzma for him. And he's he's headed there. Now the Clippers have like seven guys who are like really, really good at the end of games. And I think the Lakers may have two and a half. And I think that's an issue. I, it makes me like the Clippers more. It seems like a small move, but I think it like re-embodies what you already know. Yeah, I don't think Mo Harkless was a great fit on that team. No. Just with their system, I think. The, and if they could get Morris for him, I think it was a heck of a move for them. Yeah, definitely. And they, they still have Trez. They still have Lou Williams. They still have two of the top six, seven guys in the NBA with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and a really good defensive guard in Beverly. I think you look at the Lakers, and it's like a lot of guys on the downward side of their careers. Like... Rondo, JaVale McGee, Danny Green, like all not great right now, but they still have LeBron and AD, so you can't count them out. And it looks like they're going to get Darren Collison, and that's why they didn't do anything today. But I like that move. Uh, your Blazers had some action today. You probably don't even know about it because this trade is so small. Scalabissier You cash. do know about it. Yes, yeah, Scalabissier was traded for literally nothing today. So your thoughts? <laughs> you know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He's injured, so I mean, we got everybody's injured. So. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, they got the rematch with Aldridge, and I was thinking today, how good could this Blazers team be right now if Lamarcus Aldridge stays there? It, it's like a huge what if. It probably is something that's not talked about outside of Portland Trailblazer fan base circles, at literally at all. But it just didn't work out for him in San Antonio at all. And if he stays in Portland with Lillard and McCollum, just what that could have become. I think they they would be right up there with the favorites in the West right now. I bet Lamarcus wishes he would have stayed. Yeah, I would say if you if you could ask him behind closed doors, he might say so. Yeah. Just, I don't know if he he knew Lillard was quite this good when he left. To I, be honest, I, I think that that's a great point. And I mean, I think if you ask anybody right now, they're probably taking McCollum over DeRozan. You know, and that yeah. that's the Blazers' clear second guy, and Lillard over DeRozan's an obvious thing. And the Spurs really don't have much else outside of that. But it's gonna. It's funny. It's gonna be between the Blazers and the Spurs probably for that eight seed in yeah. the West because I, I don't see any of these other teams that are kind of hanging in there not falling off. And those two teams have playoff experience, and the Blazers were in the conference finals last year. Yeah, they're just so injured. It's it's unbelievable yeah. how many every every night there's five or six players on the roster that are unavailable. They're sitting out, it's insane. And they're missing Aminu this year. But if they ever get Nurkic back, they should be pretty good. And Whiteside, it's like. Oh yeah, Whiteside's still out there. He's playing fantastic, and there—I mean—they were talking the other days. It seems like he's buying in at Miami. Yeah. He had that attitude issue, but I mean, he's diving for balls and stuff. It just seems like he's balled in and playing pretty good. Yeah, he's hitting fadeaway jumpers at the Staples Center on the Kobe Memorial Night. I mean, that guy—I I was really impressed. I, Whiteside—he's completely turned it around, at least for now. But if he plays like that down the stretch, the Blazers will get that eight spot maybe even the seven you're looking at the thunder there i really like the thunder but it wouldn't shock me at all if the thunder strung together some losses and they're definitely beatable so i I don't know i like what the blazers are doing that's a big move today getting scow out of there and then you have andre drummond going to the Cavs for brandon knight and henson weird move the Cavs are now paying three centers andre drummond kevin love and tristan thompson almost 300 million dollars 
that is an organization that just doesn't care anymore. They won their one title, and now they have to put a team out there every night, and they're going to. But, yeah, weird use of money. But the Pistons get Drummond off the books, which I think is big. I was just expecting Drummond to go somewhere that mattered, and he's pissed about it. He tweeted and was like, oh, I guess it, it's just a business. Like, Yes, it is, sir. You were going to opt into your $30 million player option and they had to get screw rid of your team forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you just can't pay big guys like that anymore. It's like paying running backs. It's just it's not the move in today's NBA. And the Pistons had Griffin and Drummond, and now the Cavs have Drummond, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. I was really hopeful today that I'd see some stuff like Kevin Love to the Lakers. Like that that reunion. Or even Isaiah Thomas gets traded to the Clippers today. It's like, oh, that's cool. Maybe he can come off the bench. Maybe we'll see. Everybody loves Isaiah Thomas. Like, how could you not? What a cool story. What a little guy. I hope he goes to the Celtics now. Be a cool, cool reunion. Yeah. yeah. And wh- why can't he come in and play that Eddie House role for the Celtics and just score off the bench? I mean, they have minutes to go around. I don't know why they won't do that, but th- they might because he doesn't have a job. And also, J.R. Smith, kind of crazy that he didn't know the time and score of in game one of the 2018 finals, and you never saw him again. But he has a Lakers workout scheduled. Do you think J.R. Smith can help anyone? If anyone, if he's going to help anyone, it's going to be LeBron, I think. Yeah. I think, just because of that. But I, at this point in his career, he hasn't played. <laughs> I don't know. If, I really don't know. If LeBron forgives him and takes him back for that, because I've never seen LeBron that mad <laughs> on TV as he was right then. Yeah, with the cr- classic meme, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you here? How are you not another player? <laughs> If he forgives him for that, I just think it says a lot about LeBron's character and his patience and just ability to live in the current moment, not in the past. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. It it would be nice. You're a big Florida fan. I I do want to know your thoughts on one more thing. So the Aaron Hernandez documentary came out. I assume you watched it. I hope you watched it all. Aaron Hernandez, big Florida Gator, really embodies Florida sports. Committed a few murders. (laughs) Uh, He was on a crazy team with Tebow and Urban Meyer. A lot of just good slash controversial in some circle guys what were your thoughts on that documentary i thought it was uh pretty pretty well done um as far as the construction yeah some some storylines uh i'm not fully convinced on yeah Um, they definitely took it too far parts yeah but uh overall i thought it was pretty cool pretty good documentary yeah the florida highlights were neat yeah yeah i love those white helmets those white florida helmets with the blue f on it like the classic Florida helmets are like as classic as college football helmets get with the orange and just gators on it. But man, those were sharp. They were national champs, baby. Yep, and Tebow makes a little cameo in there. Classic, <laughs> you know, just a classy interview response from Tim Tebow. Exactly what you'd expect. And yeah, Urban Meyer in there. I, I, I really liked Urban Meyer's appearances in it, like where he was like, you know, I, I didn't see this coming at all. And it was interesting to see that. He went to Florida and was still kind of committing some crimes, you know. While he was there. Yeah, yeah. just going in there, to, expecting yeah. to not pay his bar tab, getting in fights. Shooting people. Shooting shooting a lights. couple guys. Yeah, he just wasn't that good of a guy. But <laughs> no. Florida's bounced back from that. It's nice to see. And, and that was a good team. Did they win the title? They they were national champs that year, yes. Gotcha. They were national champs. Just like LSU. Just like LSU. Dustin, do you have anything else? Uh, I do not. Go Cards. T2L. Lexi, Candice, welcome. Another episode, another week of The Bachelor in the Books. It is week five, 
episode number two of this week. So a lot going on in Peter's own words. It's about to get hot. It's about to get spicy. Let the romance commence. So we see a little preview, and it looks like we have Tammy versus McKenna this week, which everyone's really excited about. Another week of non-factor style women arguing with each other. I can't get enough of it. And it looks like we're going to Chile. Peter starts the episode with a nice, Today I got my stitches removed one more week and I'll have the bandage off. I just love how he has to say that because it stands out so much on his head. I hate what they did. What's wrong with just like a nice band-aid? I don't know. I think that's how bad his cut is. No, what is that thing? It looks like paint. Yeah. I think they're trying to make it look like it's not there. It looks like a soggy, like, three-day-old bandage. I don't know. Just, you're on TV, bro. Tammy starts the episode, it's very odd, because she gives a group cheers, and they all look really cool with each other. Do y'all remember that? Like, they all kind of clap for Tammy's cheers, and I'm like, oh, didn't y'all all all just hate Tammy? Turns out they do. But Mm -hmm. uh, McKenna has an interesting quote. She says, because I started out so strong with him. And that just stood out to me, because I was like, what are you talking about? Like what, what am I not seeing where you started out strong with him? She really doesn't get it. And I loved Victoria F.'s response here. Not a great episode for Victoria F., but she's like, just respect his decision. You know, like whatever he wants to quit trying to do all this extra. She calls McKenna very weepy, like a sad, wet dog on the side of the road. I thought that was like really tacky. Like in the beginning, like the big thing that McKenna had been wanting to share, like, oh, I, how could you cancel the cocktail party? I had this massive bomb I was going to drop Have we on figured out Peter. what that bomb was yet? No. Yes. Oh, we have? Yes. Beginning of the episode, uh, she yes. says the big thing she was going to tell him is that she has deep feelings for Peter. Oh, my God. She was going to tell him how she really feels about him. So... We really missed out there. and This is groundbreaking stuff. So it turns out she likes The Bachelor, the show she's on? Yeah. Wow. And I mean, you would never know because she just cries every 30 seconds. But I liked her more after this episode, I will say. Victoria yeah. F. really thinks that McKenna needs to shut the f*** up yes. in her ITM and goes ahead and mocks her in the biggest roast possible. And I just thought that was like really unnecessary. I just think Victoria F. is kind of mean. Yeah, I feel like that came out this episode. Yeah, and she's so hot to where it really doesn't matter, I don't think. Listen, whatever she does, wherever she goes after this, she writes a book, she makes a podcast. I'll read it, I'll listen to it. She goes on another show. I'll watch it. I'll follow her on Instagram for years to come. Hell yeah. I'm invested. Yeah, B. Fuller, huge fan. So they're having brunch, and Peter joins the brunch, and it looks like Hannah Ann gets the one-on-one. They're going to Santiago. And then you get all the comments like, I'm happy for her. I'm not happy for her. Natasha, she's saying stuff like, is she actually ready for marriage? Like, yeah. Like, I, we get it. Natasha, she's 23. Just you're 40. because you're 10 years older than her, Natasha, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's rough. But Peter and Hannah Ann, they look like they're having a nice one-on-one. They're rubbing pie in each other's face and making out, which, you know, looks like a great time. That wasn't pie. What was it? It was a hot dog with mayonnaise. Oh, wow. I just looked up and saw the whipped cream everywhere, and I was like, oh, I guess it was pie. No, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. But they meet a couple who's been married for (laughs) for 20 years, and I think Peter's going to lose it right here. Like, if you tell Peter that two people are in love and they've been together for 15, 20 years, he's going to, like, throw a standing back tuck right here. Nobody loves longer relationships more than Peter. But the lady also looks at Hannah Ann and says, oh, well. 
she looks so young. And that's what this <laughs> entire date was kind of about, was about her being 23. Did you look at the subtitles when that happened? It said, you look so young. Yes. And Hannah just said, thank you. And Peter what? was basically like, she said you're pretty. And that is a compliment, you know? I mean, I mean you look I young. I guess, but like he straight up lied to her. She didn't know what she said. And she was like, you look so young. He said, oh, you, muy bonita. Yeah, there are good lies. I'm with Peter there. So they're having this sweet convo about how she's never been in love. They're they're sitting on some ledge. They're essentially doing wall sits. But Hannah tells Peter, I've never been in love. And this is a huge red flag to Peter. Peter's worried about Hannah's relationship past. She dated someone for three and a half years and won't call it love. And Peter absolutely hates that. One of the main things that I'm taking away from this episode is that I am so done with the producers. I feel like this is so heavily produced this season that it's just, like, not even believable. Like, that couple clearly planted. Yes. And they were actors. Everything about it is just so fake. Well, I've been trying to analyze it like it's real. Because remember last week I came over to your house after the episode ended and I was just so mad about how it's all fake. And you assured me that it's a true show with a ton of legitimacy. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's people being produced, but it's definitely not scripted. Yeah, like the process is real. Yeah. Which I believe. The situations are totally manipulated all the time. Yeah. But like the people are not being told what to say or how to react also i will say that like i'm i kind of get where hannah ann is coming from here like you can date someone for a very long time and after that is over sit there and be like you know what i don't think that that was actually love yeah totally and especially if she's she's 23 years old so if she's been in a relationship for three and a half years she probably doesn't have a ton right. of more relationship experience so i actually thought that made a lot of sense but peter kind of gets really serious out of nowhere in this episode which I liked. He needs to do that because it's getting to a point where it actually is serious. There's not a lot of those I love that's. Mm -hmm. You know, like watch Saturday Night Live and they made fun of The Bachelor. Yeah. And pretty much every single girl that went and talked to J.J. Watt, who was The Bachelor in this sense, everything they said, he just said, I love that. And like wow. that's kind of how Peter that. has been yeah. this season. But he kind of flips a switch. He did it on Monday with Kelly, like really kind of overanalyzing her I felt like and mm -hmm. I just love Kelly but he did that with Hannah Ann and he was actually asking some good questions about if she's confident that this is that like if this can be love and he absolutely hates her answers and it's time it's time for a shot of Peter thinking mid-dinner he's gonna go stare off into the abyss and wonder about what he's doing which I just absolutely love he doesn't think she's in it for the right reasons and now it's time for her to step away and cry, which is a huge move. Once she cried, Peter's all the way back in, walks out to give her the rose, proving my point that not crying is absolutely killing Kelly in this competition. That made no sense to me whatsoever. That was like, I forgot what I was talking about in the middle of what I was talking about, but this is the conclusion right here, folks. <laughs> yeah, here's the rose. Yeah, it's literally like Hannah Ann started crying and it was like, hey, I'm I don't know what that was about. I'm so sorry that so wasn't me. Here's your rose. No, but like I just can't follow Peter's thought process. And I don't know if it's the producers like not following up with like storylines to like give us a conclusion on things. But like it seems like something's missing. Like one second he's like 
so worried about Hannah Ann. Then she says the words, I'm starting to fall in love with you. And then it cuts to him and he's like, I just completely understand her. He actually calls it a breakthrough. Yes. Like no. they had a break. I, I, I get mean, her. It's yeah. just it's the like, most what? ridiculous thing. Like she sits there and tells him, I've never felt in love before. I don't know what that feels like basically. And then she just says, I'm falling in love with you and immediately gets the rose. They are all yeah. just saying things at this point to stay on the show. It seems like she's just trying to win. Yep. Like, and I think that's why Peter is like getting upset because she's just like trying to put on this face and it's like, she just seems so fake to me. Yeah, yeah. It's now the point in the season though, where I have followed the ones that I like on Instagram. Mm. You know, we're there. I don't do that immediately. I, I make you earn it. And Hannah Ann earned it. I went and followed her. And I saw her post a picture with Peter and said, you know, something like, don't care what the view as long as I'm with you. And she posted that. So I'm kind of thinking she wins. Yeah, she posted today. So I think she wins based on that post. I know that may not be true. But yeah, that was actually my next note is they have a breakthrough, question mark. When was that, question mark? And I watched this episode twice and I didn't see much of a breakthrough. I just saw him randomly walk out there with a rose like, hey, my B, these girls left kind of suck and you're not that bad. So... Please move on to next round. And I feel like we continue to see that like through the whole night. Like it's just sort of like I can't put my finger on if it's Peter or if it's just like we're missing something. But we're definitely like it's hard to follow along and like really understand what's going to happen next. I feel like it's hard to even speculate on like our opinions on things because it changes every two seconds. You know, I I will say Peter flips a switch in this episode. And as I get through a few more of these bullet points, I am going to love Peter by the time this is over. I love the way he handles the whole thing. I didn't love the Hannah Ann one-on-one. I actually texted Candace while it was going on. I was like, this episode sucks. And I left the episode thinking, that's the best episode of the season. So there's two date cards. One's a group date. One's a solo date. Victoria F. gets the solo date again. So you can tell Victoria F. is the prohibited favorite and people just hate it. McKenna says she wants to vomit. Everyone is shocked that the girl Peter likes more than all of them is getting more time than all of them. And I'd like to see more trash talk in these moments. I'd like to see Victoria F. stand up and say, yeah, get some. I'm going on this one-on-one. You all thought it was so sweet and breaking news. It's not. I'm going on the one-on-one again. You got something to say, McKenna? Nope. Like, I want to see more of that. I want to see the trash talk. But that's not how she felt. I know, but that's what I want to see. Like, right there, I was like, man. She thought something was wrong. Victoria F., give her some. But, you know, she doesn't. McKenna's crying because she didn't get picked. I mean, in what country, obviously not Chile or America, is McKenna going to get picked for a one-on-one? Could be Chile. By anyone. Actually, I really liked McKenna after this episode. I, no. So, I, I, I did too. But no. she ruins it at the end, so we'll get to it. She we'll ruins it, it at the end with the very last line. But McKenna's crying, and it's just insane because she may be the only girl on the show that has accumulated zero fans worldwide throughout this process. I actually went and looked at her Instagram to see if anybody I followed follows her. I if anybody her. went, so you did that today. No, I've followed her since uh, week one. Oh, I, I forgot I unfollowed you, so I don't see the stuff. Oh, that, I see. Yeah, how that's it my is. bad. So that Candace is, is the only one that follows her. Yeah, that's my bad. But it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's group date time, and it looks like they're going to make a soap opera, which is kind of what this whole no, process is. It's called a telenovela. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's a, <laughs> it, it, it's a f- soap opera, but so they're all these random characters. I mean, they're maids, they're lovers, they're ex lovers. Uh, they're Tammy, grandmas. Tammy is her grandma at an Asian wedding, according to her big episode for Tammy. And then you have uh, 
Kelly, who is just a grandma, who I loved. I thought Kelly just fantastic. The way Peter picks her up. I mean, I'm just so Incest in love. Incest is best. Uh, oh, yeah, my. Yep. So I have that. Line of the night. I said, oh, they're so dot, dot, dot. Oh, never mind. She said, maybe incest is best here. And she called herself a gilf. Didn't love that. But... <laughs> Peter loved the first line of this whole soap opera. I have so many women that want me. Big facts, but Sydney watches Grey's Anatomy a lot. She she wants to let the audience know that right before she just immediately makes out with Peter before barely any lines. And I just thought that was really appropriate. She looked so hot in that outfit. Sydney is hot. I didn't realize it until today. Very. Yeah. Until that pick. Yeah, until the pick you showed me 30 minutes ago. I was so happy when she got eliminated. But Tammy actually points a knife at McKenna, which is just really scary. After you know the final result of this episode, you see that happen in the moment. In hindsight, it probably shouldn't have happened. I'm shocked that they didn't put that in the previews more to make it more hella dramatic. Yes. No, they did. They did? They yeah, did. they did, but it, it, it didn't come off that way. It didn't look like, oh, they're in the house and Tammy's legitimately about to stab McKenna in the neck. That would have been so cool. It would yeah. not have been cool. Murder's not cool. And Tammy's still okay. the most likely person to commit murder on this show at any point uh, yeah, in her I mean, life. she's spoken about it like twice now. Yeah, it's very, I'm going to commit arson if um, I don't get picked. Her ITMs are like, if things don't go my way, I'm going to be pissed. Yes, yes. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. She Rough. is nuts. Rough episode from Tammy. But Peter's pretty good at this whole acting thing, but just really didn't like the whole group date. I thought that it was fun and I thought that everyone was like getting along really well and people were like cheering for McKenna when she finally got to kiss Peter and everyone was like interacting yeah, they, really I mean, well with each other. They treat her like she's a sad little orphan dog. She is a little orphan Annie basically. Yeah. I mean, she is the most pathetic thing I've seen on that show in a long time. Every other girl that kisses him, everybody's pissed, and she kisses him, and they're all like, "Oh!" And yeah. McKenna is literally acting like she's homeless as a contestant on The Bachelor until this moment where she gets a kiss from Peter, and now she, like, feels absolutely incredible. She packed her bags, ready to leave, after the group date, realizes that in the script, she's the one that ends up with Peter. Not in real life, just in the telenovela. And then she's like, oh my god, my day was made it was the best day ever it was all a fantasy mckenna that didn't so actually happen you agree with tammy yes at this point of the episode mckenna is psychotic tammy's just angry and doesn't need to be there she doesn't have any chemistry with peter but i'm gonna agree with tammy mckenna waste of time yeah hot take i have to agree with mckenna i thought that tammy looked like a huge b-word calling her out for like having a good day and being excited when she was like sad the day before it was like what does that have to do with you tammy why are you getting mad about that yeah well this situation's like watching the Cavs play the pistons i mean both these teams absolutely f suck and they're out there right. and somebody has to win you know you're right and ends up happening towards the end of the episode but it's time for a little nightcap natasha's got a good vibe about this nightcap and i just anything she says i have to type down because i'm always so amazed by it but <laughs> kelsey gets a big time make out now it's time for victoria p and peter to have a little conversation victoria p's back she says she's trying to earn some trust and now we have to bring up alaya and i'm just wondering if we can maybe bring up alaya every episode like if she's going to keep coming up as it goes on. But we have to talk about her at least once, and we do. And Peter looks like he's going to fall asleep while Victoria P. is telling him about the Alea situation. I almost fell asleep, too. Peter kind of mentions their drop-off. You know, he says the Alea thing sucks, and 
Victoria P. just wants to move forward, which is a huge shocker, given that this entire thing is essentially her fault. But he feels like he knows her intentions are pure, and he doesn't want to hurt her. And his biggest fear is that she's more secure and confident than he is. And he doesn't know if he sees her as his wife. And I'm like, holy shit, are they going to break up? Turns out they do. She goes home. Yeah. Victoria P. is gone. And at this moment, I'm like super fired up with Peter. Like this wasn't a rose ceremony. He went into that thinking, I got to get Victoria P. out of here. And I should have done it yesterday. And I'm not going to wait for the rose ceremony. I'm going to humiliate her right here. And I loved it. Peter, flip the switch this episode. That's what I'm talking about. You're my guy really huge power move on his part and i thought that the way that he broke up with her was like way too nice for what she even deserved but i understand yeah she was so mean to him the whole time so mean she didn't have like any class on the way out and <sighs> she just like had no reason to like treat him so badly I yes feel like. like you were verified on instagram now only because of him yeah she started that last episode when he was like can we go talk she's like no i don't want to talk yeah she's, like, she's always just... had like an attitude with him i don't know she always rubbed me the wrong way and i just thought we were gonna have to put up with her surely because she's like stunning and she cried too she did cry during the exit and i <laughs> thought for sure that was gonna save her right when i saw the tears flowing i was like oh that's clutch you'll at least make it another episode but no uh, she's really gone and then we get a little madison it was shocked that madison is still here i kind of forgot she was on the show and the thing i hate most about madison is that she's zero feet away from him while they talk like they may as well just make out the entire time because she just breathes on his face no matter what he says to her and i can't stand it yeah that's why does true. she do that that's really true i've noticed that it makes it seem like she's like 16 and they're at the movies and that's he the only time they get ha- get to hang loves out it. he loves it so much she I think is the only viable option for him out of everyone left. You, you think that after you broke the news about her comment on her own posts. <laughs> yes, but you have to remember that Peter doesn't know that. So she hasn't done anything wrong. She's Actually, just I take that back. and real, okay? Kelsey too. Kelsey, I could see as well. I'll throw that oh, out there too. Oh, hell no. Kelsey looks like Michael Jackson and literally threw a fit about champagne for two weeks. And now we're just all acting like it didn't happen. And yes. accurate statement, she is definitely emotionally unstable. No, I think that their connection is actually like really sweet and that they're like pretty far along compared to everyone else right now. I mean, because she said that. She said what? That she's fallen in love with him. That's, that's, that's the only say. reason. You just got to cry and tell him that you love him and I he'll think do a backflip. There's, there's something going on with her. Like there, it's just not all there. Like there's something we don't know. I do not trust her at all. And Peter shouldn't either. I got to disagree. I kind of like her. I like her way more than I did after the champagne episode. Do you yeah. like uh, Do you like Michael Jackson's music? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, she just whispered no. Yeah, I, I like I a lot of. He's listen. an icon. I like a lot of Michael Jackson songs, and Kelsey looks just like him. So it's that's just an true. awesome tribute it's the, to him. Yeah. Same exact nose. Yeah, it's it's appalling. Somebody said that, and then you look at the side by side picture. And, My sister sent that ooh, to me, and yeah. she was like, "I'm terrified. I can't look at Kelsey because Alyssa's terrified of Michael Jackson." Yep. Got <laughs> Remember her shop book? No. Her shop book. I made a page of Michael Jackson, and she opened it and started crying. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> you were there. How do you not remember this? I so she know. hates Kelsey. That's yep. all. And then Tammy versus McKenna. So that's going to get us started. McKenna is now happy because they kiss. So everybody knows that. And uh, this one immediately turns into yelling. They are so drunk here. Kelsey tries to stand up for McKenna. Doesn't work. 
Tammy says her opinions can be true to herself, which is so true. I love the way that we've analyzed truth on this season as a, as a cast. I hate that word. It's just my truth. This is my truth. And, you know, that's true. And, and Tammy, <laughs> they called her the Taminator, you know, earlier. And she kind of is the eliminator of the show. It's an interesting strategy because – She's not trying to gain a connection with Peter. She's trying to pick them off one by one, find their weakness, attack it, and get them eliminated. The only problem is there's like 10 of them left. You know, she doesn't have time to do that for everybody, especially the ones without major flaws. She would have found a way. Yeah, and I just want to know, like, has Peter and Tammy even kissed? No, I I don't think so. So They shouldn't have. I just, I cannot believe she's still there. She's not anymore, thank God. Bless um, God. Madison and Peter hear them yelling, well, oh, yeah. and Madison and Peter obviously hear it at the same time because they're so close to each other's face. But Madison actually uses the yelling as a tool, which I thought is a nice move. Like, oh, you hear them yelling up there. Like, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me up there yelling. <laughs> Love that, Madison. Tammy kind of roasts McKenna, you know, saying like, when you get home, are you going to have any sort of responsibility? Ralph's like, holy are we doing this? And then Kelsey hits her with the walk away. That's what you do best, which is just such a classic line. Love that. But McKenna explains the situation to Peter. And Peter is confused, as always. But Peter's nice to her. And Madison gets the solo rose. McKenna's back to thinking <laughs> life sucks now. And you can totally tell she's 19. But now it's time for Victoria F. to have a one-on-one. Peter hits her with immediately. You look beautiful. Yes, she did, Peter Weber. So they are oh, going to God. ride horses now. Didn't go great for Hannah B. and Tyler C., but they're going to do it. And they just keep going under these horses. Uh, not really sure what's going on, but they eventually get on the horses. And Victoria F.'s body language the entire time just screams that she hates this shit. The lame dates, the interaction with strangers and locals, which I can totally relate to. You know, like, why are we talking to these strangers we're never going to see again? How does this help the show? No, I'm always really jealous of all the dates. Like, that's the best part <laughs> to me, kind of. I mean, who wants to interact with... If, if we're at Roosters, some guy just comes over and starts talking to us, hanging out. I'm, oh, are you going to join table? Yeah, no, it's you're the totally worst. right. It's the worst, yeah. <laughs> you're I, totally right. I can't right. stand that. So I totally understood Victoria F.'s negative body language, but we get a little more dancing from Peter, which I've about had enough of. He just dances with his hands too high. I don't know what it is. Just every dance move he has, he's just got his hands straight up in the air. I can't stand it. But the crowd's going nuts. It's seemingly going very well, but it's not. Victoria F. says the bachelor process has taken a toll on her. She seems to like him way less than he likes her which is a position of power in most relationships but not necessarily in this show i think it's going to come back to haunt her i don't really get it because wasn't she saying like it's getting too hard because like you're dating all these other people doesn't that mean that she's like really invested you would think so she just acts different every day nothing she said made any sense she didn't say much yeah, i mean it, it was probably like, under was 35 just, words like, i don't know i I'm just, like, kind of upset, and I don't really know what to do. It's like, what are you talking about? What is yeah. there to do? Why don't like, you just sit there, make out with the kid, and get on with your day and enjoy your horse date? Yeah. Wait, was she saying that before they sat down for the dinner portion? Yeah, on the back of the trailer. She was like, I don't know. She was just being really wishy-washy, and I was like, where is this coming from? Yeah. Yeah, she was just acting weird the whole date, and Peter was shocked. You know, he's all worried that... He's going to fall for her, and she's not going to allow herself to get there. And it's, it's very reasonable for him to think because he has other girls, too, that are clearly willing to get there. But now it's dinner time. Peter's all thrown off. 
I think the tears are coming, and you bet they are. He's so sad. And I think him using the word sad, like he describes himself as sad, just shows how much he really, really likes her. And he's just wondering why she can't just let it be and let things be okay. Yeah, I think he, like us, is really intrigued with Victoria F. And, like, really, really wants, like, that validation from her. So I think it was really obvious, like, when she was, like, I don't know what to say, kind of, that he, like, gave her the rose. Because I feel like that was, like, his way of being, like, no, you do want to be here. Like, him getting that validation of, like, her accepting the rose right away. Even though it was, like, another classic example of, like, did we miss something? Exactly. Yes. And like, where is this breakthrough? Yeah, that, that and I feel like she starts saying things that make her doubt wanting to be with him. And then it's like all on his plate where he's like, oh, wait, if you're going to leave, like, I really don't want that. Like, if I can't have you, I don't want anyone else. And I think it's just like kind of like reverse psychology that she used on him. It's smart. And it she is. literally won't respond to him. I kind of think she still loves Chase Rice, but you never know. I mean, she's just. I mean, who I, she, wouldn't? What a gentleman. Turns out that was a huge power move because now she gets not one but two one-on-ones for having dated True. him in the past. Actually, kind of genius for her. And also, like, the most damning part of it was her talking to the producers being like, he wants marriage. Like, like no sh- Victoria. Yeah, like, Why did, did you think? come on yeah. this show? Yeah, it really sounds like she, like, doesn't want to win, but she also wants to stay along for the followers yeah which sucks you know because that's like what you hate most about these contestants and it looks like my favorite is totally doing that but you know she walks away from the entire situation which is just so classic for this show and um you know her and peter they cry separately for a while and then they flash back to the girls who are all pissed because victoria f got this date which makes sense i mean she spent the most time with them and then they flash back to another shot of peter thinking And then she eventually comes back, and, you know, she's real sorry now, and she's having doubts, but he's nicer to her than literally everyone, and you can tell she's his favorite. She gets a solo rose again, but I don't know. I just don't see this ending well for Victoria F. at this point. I feel like something's going to come out in the next episode, or she's going to say something, and it's going to put him really off, and she will get eliminated or something. Honestly, I I mean, there there has to be more. Like, I really want to like her. I really, like, want to root for her, but I just have a bad feeling that, like, we shouldn't. Ever since the Chase Rice episode where she said that they dated, and then he came out and said that they didn't, I'm like, something's not right. Yeah, I still believe her, though. Me too. It's now time for a cocktail party, and if we know anything about cocktail parties on this show, it's that they probably aren't happening. Cancel culture. Hashtag cancel culture. But it's a date card, and it says, McKenna and Tammy, enough is enough. And it's a two-on-one, and I'm hyped at this moment. McKenna says, I don't know what your goal was last night to make me feel small. Well, I found my voice. Love wins. Her her rehearsed monologue, I mean, it goes about as well as possible. I mean, she remembered the lines pretty well. There has to be a teleprompter, but Peter goes and sits between them, which is a massive power move. And I just love how Peter as well as being the bachelor, also has to be like a school counselor and just sit between them like, okay, you guys are having problems. Let's figure it out. But he takes Tammy away first. And Tammy, again, attacks someone else versus playing the actual game. She actually accuses her of trying to create hashtags, which me, I'm pretty social media savvy. I don't know what that means. 
I have no idea. Because, like, I don't know where that came from. It's like, yeah, McKenna's thirsty as hell, but I have not heard a single thing on any episode of her trying to create hashtags. Create a hashtag. I mean, that's just, I don't know. It makes me feel like Tammy has never been on social media. And she <laughs> Does she know, know what a hashtag is? Yes, that sounds like something my grandfather would say if he just learned what that. I was She's shocked. creating hashtags. But Tammy <laughs> drops the big line where she says, hey, she packed her bags before this group date, which you just know is going to be a giant red flag for Peter, and it absolutely was. I just want to say Tammy is such a just representation of women named Tammy. I mean, my mother... Her name is Tammy, and she is just the most perfect woman in the world. I love her so much. She's the greatest. Aww. And it's like, how in the world could this woman be named Tammy? Because everybody I see that's named Will or William is like, cool. No, it makes sense to me because I have a psychotic aunt named Tammy. Okay, I don't need any more negative Tammy. <laughs> I think I Tammy enough. actually has a pretty bad rap, but I love your mom. She's Yeah, cool. she's, a, that she's is nice, a great yeah. girl. But Peter asks her how him and her are doing. Which I, I thought was I absolutely hilarious. I mean, he doesn't know. She doesn't know. Like, it's just, they're just there. Yeah, Tammy looks at him like, oh, f- are we doing this? Like, about me and you? Oh, yeah, I'm a contestant here. And Tammy immediately says to him, hey, we're meant to be. And I, I don't <laughs> think I don't think they've talked more than five times on air. I, I was shocked. I, was I don't dead. think they know anything about each other. Well, you can tell Tammy is just a massive bully and always has been her whole life by her calling McKenna this little girl from Canada. I was like, oh, that just doesn't even apply. And she actually goes as far to say, I'm wearing black today because it's her funeral. And I thought that was so funny because that's what I say when UofL wears black on the road in basketball. Like, oh, we're wearing our black today. looks like we're going to the Pittsburgh funeral. And that's like something I would say. And I just don't think any of these contestants should use my lingo under any circumstances. But I don't know. I just want to count how many times the girls, they flash to him and they say, hopefully there's no drama today. But now it's McKenna's turn. Peter calls her out for packing her bags. Her explanation is is pretty solid. And she actually described it as her truth. And Victoria P just lives on even after death. You love it. And I actually have it here. I feel bad for McKenna. At this moment. But I do wish they would have gotten a little more creative. Have a fight or have a quiz to see who stays on. No. No. Okay, well, they're both gone, so I don't care what you all think. I thought it was hilarious Uh, how he's like, you know what, McKenna, you can stay. Immediately eliminates her right after that. Yeah, that was awesome. And I love how McKenna says, I feel bad for you. You have to watch this over to Tammy. And that, you know, McKenna is blasted online for being drastically immature, which she is. But I thought that was like the biggest roast of this entire process. Like, dude, you have to watch this over. That sucks. I really liked her her (laughs) speech, her empowering speech, even though it was really cringy. I just wish she would have like cut it off before she said love wins. wins. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. And Tammy really kills herself in this episode when McKenna says, you're nothing to me, girl. And she says, I'm everything. I was like, oh, my, what a psycho. (laughs) And and I think Peter was, like, walking into the room and heard that. Peter may have gone in there thinking, I'm sending both these women home. I'm sending neither of them home. But he heard that, I think. And Peter's like, Tammy's got to go. And I'm going to humiliate her by keeping McKenna on because that comment is so ridiculous. So Tammy gets tossed for saying that she's everything. Best moment of the show so far. McKenna walks back into the room of the girls like an absolute queen. This was McKenna's Super Bowl. And she won. And I was happy for it. Even though she got eliminated 
13 minutes later at the rose <laughs> ceremony. I was happy. I thought it said a lot about Peter's character that he gave her that moment where it was because McKenna was more in the right than Tammy was oh, in absolutely. that situation. And Tammy deserved to feel like she was winning that and then just have it ripped away and walked out. She sucks. Tammy's actually my least favorite contestant on this show, Paradise, Hannah's season, and this season of all. Oh, you can gear up to watch her on. Oh, this she's going to be Paradise. She's going to be on Paradise. I actually have that in here when they both get eliminated. Like, oh, hey. they're both going to be on there. It's going to be next level drama. Yep, I have Sydney gone, McKenna gone. Don't be sad, girls. You're headed to Paradise. But just a classic rule for The Bachelor that Tammy just needed to understand. Always make sure before you attack a girl that The Bachelor likes you more than the girl you attack. And she did not go by that process at all. She attacked Kelsey. She attacked even McKenna, who was probably second to last on the show in terms of girls that Peter liked. Guess who's last? Tammy. Eliminated. But Peter... He's acting like shockingly mature throughout this process, and I just love it. He even gives Natasha some solo time. I was hoping he would send her home too, but he didn't. He's too mature. And she's like laying down while he's talking to him. I didn't appreciate. Yeah, what I can't do? stand Natasha. What? You guys, she's... I thought that was a really cute conversation. Where she's laying down? Yeah, she's like, I just need some like validation <laughs> some here. Some rest because she's 36? <laughs> God. Dude, her and Chris should no. get together. She's like, I just need some Chris validation right now. And he's like, I completely I think... understand that. Like, I really do think that she's like totally normal. And no, like... no, I, I actually <laughs> really like Natasha. Yeah. I mean, compared to half the people on that show, I really like Natasha. I just, I mean, she is not it for Peter at all. But I yeah. enjoy seeing her and listening to her way more than I do Tammy or McKenna or Sydney. Talk about how, like, they had a full-on one-on-one. Like Shay said, they got those rocks pregnant, and he didn't even, like... That's the line you take from the last podcast? Yeah. I just want to remind you guys how intimate they were on that one-on-one, <laughs> yeah. that the rocks got pregnant, and... I forgot about those rocks. Yeah, I thought she was topless that whole time. And that, like, when he eliminated her, he didn't even, like, no. walk her out. Like, I think he something just, happened. like... He just like sent her out like she was like another example. I that and we, with no drama like well, that, they were going. Great. I think they cut something out or they did not show a conversation with them that happened. Like I think yeah. it just fell off because of something. Technically, and they don't want to show us. Peter does say bye to these women and give a great a long like confused stare at them as they walk up the stairs. Yeah, that was creepy. He won't face the other women. Yeah, he just looks at them like, and ponders. I feel like in the past seasons, like once you get far enough yes. along, it's like, He'll let's take go you... talk yep. and like yeah. yep. get some sort of closure. Like, not in front of the rest of all exactly. the other women. I feel like, I mean, that was the most shocking of this episode. I did not think she was going home at all. Yeah, it was a really shocking episode with Victoria P. That was a twist. Then, like, all the Victoria F. stuff happening. Then Sydney gets sent home. But Kelsey literally can't talk to him without bawling, crying. They have one more interaction, and she's just immediately moved to tears, which is an incredible strategy because that's how you win this show. And Victoria F. apologizes to him. She acts completely different than she did the day before, I guess. I don't understand the timeline at all. But she says that she's going to give him all of her, and Peter thanks her. He needed that. 
But Peter has now gone from zero credible candidates to several, which I am a huge fan of. I legitimately had no idea who was going to win this show before episode two of this week, and now I feel like there's five possible winners. I really thought that Kelly was going to go home last night. Yeah. Which would have been ridiculous. Yeah. Good for her for sticking around. Yeah, but I was actually really shocked that they had a rose ceremony. I was so excited. I thought for sure that they were just going to cut it off with a massive they cliffhanger. They threw that in there really fast. Yeah, I paused it, and I was like, oh, my God, there's 10 minutes left. There's no way there's a rose ceremony. And then they said there was going to be one, and I was so excited. But Madison, Hannah Ann, and Victoria F. already have a rose going into it. And then Sydney and McKenna get eliminated. They're headed to paradise. It's not that bad. And McKenna is giving her sideline interview, and it's genuinely sad. And I like her more at this moment. And I, and I typed that. I'm sorry, McKenna, is, is my note. And my next note is, never mind, LOL. She just said, I'm madly in love with myself more than anything. <laughs> no, I thought I that was like really 187 empowering, No. That was horrible. She is nuts. I like you, McKenna. I'm going to create a stan account for <laughs> you tonight. Oh, and then you can come up with hashtags together. <laughs> Hashtag MyKenna. MyKenna wins. That's, yeah. yeah and- MyKenna was like so thrown off because i really thought that on the two-on-one there's always a rose so i thought mckenna was already safe going into the rose ceremony and so then i was like oh you're right there was a rose on the table i'm pretty sure i can't call it watch it twice i don't want to tell lies it just brings me back to ari's season where they had that two-on-one with crystal and kendall do you remember this yes and Kendall got the rose. There's always You're so a rose. right. There's always a rose. Wow, these people and their details—they've really got to get together. He probably was like, "We're not going to need a rose on this one." <laughs> like going into the two-on-one. God, how embarrassing mm. for McKenna. And then also, Lena. I Jones, thought it was awesome. Lena Jones was like, "They're probably going to run into each other on the air, like in at the, the airport." airport. I was like, yeah, that's a really great point. And that makes me sad for McKenna. I don't think they go to the airport right away. I think they, like, take them to a hotel and they, like, stay the night and then they have to get them a flight. But they're probably still going home together. The logistics of it all. There's no way they do that to poor McKenna. She's had such a rough time. Not to my queen. But some post... My queen, my Kenna. Some, uh... (laughs) That's good. Write that down. You guys okay? Yeah. No. All right, cool. So the post credit scene, I think, is a a major factor in this because... (laughs) You all have said there's a lot of stuff that we're not seeing. You know, why did why did they not work out? Why does this person feel this way? And I think you get a big dive into why Victoria F. doesn't like Peter as much. Victoria F. is a vegetarian. And Peter is just she throwing is? this meat down. Yeah, is she that what says, she said? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I understand now. Yeah, it's Peter's throwing this meat down. I mean, Peter probably eats 16 pieces of meat right there. Just like an animal. I mean, like an absolute beast. That was really insane, but I feel like that's how, like, 90% of American men would react in that scenario. That meat looked really tender Honestly, and delicious. yourself and I would react the same way. I think in 2020, though, you know, you got to be careful about that. I no. think Peter is trying to make Victoria F. like him, and I don't think he has that problem with any other girl on this show. But Peter really wants Victoria F. to like him, to love him. And if she's a vegetarian and she believes in living a certain way, and he does 
literally as much of the opposite as you can possibly do right in front of her to the point where little pieces of meat are flying off and hitting her in the face throughout the process. That did not happen. He told her that he had the meat sweats. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And Victoria F. says, I'm a vegetarian, but I'd eat meat for Peter one time, but just once. I liked that line. I liked it, too. I, I thought that was nice. I thought it was like, hey, I f- hate this. Yeah. But and I'd do it she once. She was like, <laughs> Peter's just eating so much meat, and I'm just so happy for him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She was like, like, he looked so happy just eating meat. Yeah, that was cute. I like her. I want to like her. I know. I do, too. It, like, hurts I, me. I did like her until last week, or I guess Monday. I really hope she recovers. I'd go as far to say um, that no matter what she does, she's got a like from me on every single post that she posts until the end of time. Do you think she would go on Paradise? Perhaps. Yeah, definitely. Do you think... What if she went on think? Paradise and Chase Rice came to Paradise? That would be so stupid. I'd it would be, be so stupid. Yeah, I cannot handle something Hashtag like that. Hashtag Paradise. They'd probably, they'd probably have Chase Rice come to the beach to like play a thing yeah like at a date yeah in the local village of mexico do you think would be your pick for the next bachelorette Tasha? yeah i would roll Tasha too but given that that's totally not gonna happen yes it would i think that from this season yeah from this season oh from this season no just they pick people from past seasons all the time they do yeah and if they're ever gonna not pick somebody from a season it is probably this one but this season these people suck i don't know i don't know who is the personality for it because i feel like what if they did natasha i think hannah ann would be the best at it but she's too young but like i would not watch that madison uh-uh. would uh-uh. be madison would be horrible at it i mean she has no general dialogue at all and I, I don't know what other factors there would be like it can't be kelsey she looks like michael jackson <laughs> and i don't think kelly is is kelly cut out would for never it. do that yeah kelly just seems like too much of a real person to partake in that type of activity I, so i truly think that they're not going to pick anyone from this yeah. season i think it's going to be from colton's season what if it's like Kendall Long? Because you know how her and Joe grocery store up. Joe. Yeah. Who are these people? I don't think that she would be it either. Who is Kendall She's Long? She's way too weird. Kendall was like, I don't think she was like top three of Ari. Oh my God. So that's like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to learn about any of those people. They, uh, but they show the preview. We need to we need to get through. So I mean, we are way over on time. Yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna be able to go to sleep. To I'm go never. Sleep. Yeah, my yeah. birthday is Saturday. Now I'm gonna miss it. Aww. So let's try to make me not miss the Sunday after my birthday. Now by getting through this pretty quick. Yes, so yes. the preview it looks like there's gonna be tears and there's gonna be drama. Sometimes it's, it's I think about it and I'm like, maybe he hates the end, and that's why he's like not trying to like it could be tell that. anyone. He's just like. Also, do you guys feel like they're just rushing through the season so quickly? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's taking forever. I mean, it's only week five, and we're only we're already down to six people. Yeah, totally. but we'll probably yes. We'll so do I think one by I one bet, from now on. I right? bet next. No, I bet next week they eliminate two people. Next week is hometowns, and then we're down to the final two. I think there's probably three weeks left. I feel like something oh, drastic has to happen at the end and they like are gonna film it in real time that would be cool they're not gonna film anything in real time you don't know that what if he like meets with everyone and is like listen 
we are not far enough along for this and I can't propose to anyone and I'm not ready to like send any of you home. So how would you like to travel with me to where's he from? He's from California. California. And then they Cuba and he becomes like a pimp daddy for the rest of time with like my thing. Nah, he shoots a shot at Hannah Brown. I still think Hannah's got a chance. Hannah Brown, not Hannah Ann. Because usually they show like previews of like the final day of like the proposal and everything. And the only thing they've been shown is that dramatic thing that Peter hears. You don't see him like get on a knee. You don't see a ring. Like there's nothing. That's so true. Which as time goes by, it is pretty obvious that that's going to be him finding out that Madison runs all of her own fan accounts. Like the guy from Don't (laughs) With Cats. I had a theory about that. Tell us. You got a minute. Okay. I was thinking what if it was... Hannah like him just calling or Hannah calling and being like I just wrapped Dancing with the Stars and I'm still want you and I would like to come on and join now like would like to be part of the cast now yeah yeah and well, like you I, said I like she it. gets a buy exactly which is what should happen in theory especially when you consider the field Hannah Brown is like an NBA team being put into a college bracket with these girls that have been gifted to Peter which is why None of the three of us and nobody else out there has, like, a girl where they're like, oh, I'd like to see her be the Bachelorette. Hannah, you know, she wasn't, like, a great Bachelorette, but my God. I mean, she, she'd look like LeBron compared to these other women if She's they were the Bachelorette. She's just, like, a real down-to-earth person that everyone can relate to, and I feel like that's why everyone loved her. And she's also a real-life celebrity with, yeah. like, a real following now that, like, kind of did it for herself. Like, she obviously had the show where she was on Colton's season, but... I, I just know. I never thought that she'd blow up like she did from Colton season at all. I feel like thinking about Peter, like the most excited that we've seen him is when it was him and Hannah uh-huh. like backstage, and yep. she was like telling him, Definitely "Yeah, Peter, the most I think intuitive. about it all the time." That's yeah. the most Peter we've ever seen. Like how emotional and I guess like, and I just truthful. like. I he don't is. think it's even fair for the, for them to even proceed without, like, figuring that out. Because it's like, if you're really looking for your person, like, your soulmate, you have to, like, go down every avenue. You can't just, like, leave doors open mm-hmm. and then go on, like, you don't have that in the back of your mind. And if the show really was, like, trying to get him to find his person, they would have, like, found a way to, like, make her be part of it. Yeah, which they may do. We don't know. And that's kind of what Kelsey said about Alea coming back. Like, I, I don't mind. I just want you to have everything figured out. I don't want you to have any doubts at the exactly. end of this. Which I think is the only useful thing Kelsey has said this season. But it, it was useful. I just drew back to it. I think they could give Kelsey, like, the crazy plot line of, like, you hate her, but now you love her. And now she's your next bachelorette. You have one final statement. Bye. TTYL.